Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, everyone. This is Danny Myers from Cosmic Crash, and you're listening to the Lena Jones Morning Sparkle.
All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Diamonds. How is everyone today? How are you today? (laughs) This is Lena Jones, and you're listening to the LJ Morning Sparkle. And this is the show where I talk about scriptures and uh, try to do a comparison with today's society because everything matches with today's society. It's just picking the right situations in today's society to get things to just come into place all at one time. Um, We are still in Daniel, and today we're going to be closing the book of Daniel, not closing it, but completing um, at least my interpretation on it. And I don't know if you read my description or not, but Daniel started out easy for me. I got to hand it to the preachers because this is not easy and I'm not even preaching. I'm just talking about scriptures and uh, comparing them, trying to compare them with the craziness of my life, of the world around me, of my community and and the environment and all of that good stuff. I'm just kind of trying to make sense of it all. I mean, I do go to church. And I do listen to the preacher, and yes, he says things that are, you know, make sense to me after he breaks them down in his own way. Um, but uh, in my personal readings, when I read the scriptures, there's things that I just don't, I just don't get. And it's not like you can say to the pastor on Sunday, hey, read about this. I need to know this. So read about that. You know, he has his own direction and his own path that God has led him to, to follow. So I can't just go in here and do that. So I try to understand these things myself. I try to um, read them and compare them with my life because sometimes things just don't go right in our lives. And sometimes you do understand, you don't understand, and you question, you know, whether God hears you, whether he even knows that you exist. I mean, when God chose uh, Abraham's seed to bless, he told them that he would bless his seed and they will be multiplied like the grains of sand. Now, when you go on the beach, and that resonates with me, because when you go to the beach, there's millions of grains of sand. <laughs> you ever picked up the sand in your hand and just, you know, kind of tried to wipe it off and you can see the little grains, uh, one of them, every little one, and they're very tiny. They're very tiny. So when God says he's going to multiply the seed uh, to go to spread all over and he hears all of our prayers, that's a lot of prayers. It's a lot of prayers. There's a lot of grains of sand and there's a lot of prayers going up. And sometimes it's only, it's only, it's only human to wonder if he hears your prayer, if he sees your situation, what's going on in your life. Because sometimes things can go so wrong that uh, you wonder if there's a God there. And and once you start questioning that, if you don't seek him or try to find ways to understand him, you won't believe that he's there. And by not believing he's there or putting it's putting your life in danger. It's 
putting your life in danger, your everlasting life. Because remember, there are two lives that you can live. There's the life that we have here on this earth, and there's the uh, the second death. And where do you want to go on your second death? But understanding what's going on on your first life will help determine <laughs> where you're going on your second life, unless you understand it and still choose the wrong way. But even if you chose to go the wrong way, there's a certain thing that's called as mercy and grace. And as long as you uh, ask for that, things will be a little bit different. Of course, you always have to account for your sins. But it's different. It's, it becomes a little bit differently once you're saved. Okay. So uh, there's my cell phone, which I thought I turned, that I thought I put it on buzz mode. Um, But, um, yeah, I have some things going on in my personal life. For one thing, I have a house that's falling apart, literally, and uh, trying to get some stuff done. So that's what all these calls are coming in for. Okay, now we were talking about Daniel and closing up the book of Daniel. Now, when it gets to the last part of Daniel, it it did become very, um, a little difficult for me. I said very and a little, but it's kind of mixture of both because what goes on is mainly about um, the disciplinary of the Jewish people. It's mainly about um, how God proves who he is and how he uh, punishes the Jewish people, and then Daniel goes into a vision that's like a revelation. If you read the book of Revelation, it goes into that and how he he saw God coming down from the cloud, um, coming in from the clouds, and it goes into this whole revelation thing, which is the end of time, the end of days. Um, and we all know about the end of days, those that are saved and those that are, that are even are not saved know about the end of time, the end of days. So it was hard for me to try to compare that to today's life, except for telling you guys to live right and me, <laughs> telling myself and telling you that uh, we need to live right. But prior to him going into that last revelation, he has at least three more different visions. Now, this is during the time where where um, Bel- Belshazzar is reigning, and it leads from Belshazzar to go into Darius, who's the next one who reigns. Uh, so Daniel is having visions. He's having visions, and he's having dreams. These are not ones that the king is dreaming of. These are the visions that Daniel is having himself. This is God working on Daniel. This is God uh, putting these dreams in Daniel. Okay. So now the first vision that he has is uh, the vision. Let me make sure I get this right. He has a vision of of ancient days. Okay. And he's having this vision and Gabriel, the angel, is interpreting his visions. For him. So here is first vision that Daniel has. Um, I'm going to go into, I'm going to try not to go into all of the visions. I'm going to try to, to break it down where it's a little bit simpler, a little bit less, because some of them are 
really long. Okay. Now, the main facts that he saw in this first vision, it was Daniel. This is chapter 7. It says Daniel spoke. Saying, I saw my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And the four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion. It had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man. And a man's heart was given to it. Now, that was the vision of the lion. Now, the description is more to differentiate their qualities and characteristics than a detail to their specific appearance. So, let's look at the lion. The lion amplifies a figure that began that began as being a wicked a wicked being that fell from glory and was restored to normal. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar comes to mind after this account uh, because he had a similar experience. And then it goes into and then it goes into uh, number five where it says uh, another beast a second like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, arise, devour much flesh. Now it says the bear is a, because the bear is powerful and vicious creature, but it has a tendency to be slow and lazy. It is raised up on one of its sides, perhaps indicating in a walking position, and it's been feeding on other animals, having been given permission to conquer through his feeding. And then it goes into another one, which is like a leopard, which is which is number six. It says that after this, I looked, and there was another like a leopard, which had on its back four wings of a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. Now, the four-headed winged leopard is, is, is swift. A leopard is swift and fierce and has the ability to cover a lot of territory very quickly. Um, the biblical concept of the multi, multiple heads frequently symbolizes different kingdoms or regions. So the creature is perhaps a single kingdom with four regions. Four regions, and uh, so it goes on to explain uh, what that is. And the last one he sees is after he saw in the night visions, and behold, the fourth beast, a dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth and was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with his feet. It was different from the rest of the beasts that were there before, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out. 
by its roots. And there, and there in his horns were eyes, like eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. So that was wow. That's yeah. That's what <laughs> that's what I thought when I when I read that. Um, it says uh, um, the judgment is based on the deeds. This is the judgment. Uh, okay, the four <laughs> the four regions it represents. Um, Medio Persia, Greece, Rome, and Babylon. Those are the four regions that uh, the four beasts and his dream correspond with. So it's corresponded with that. And then he says uh, he watched the book open. And uh, at that time, it talks about people having to it opens the book just like in Revelations. It says, "Then when the cloud came, the book was open. And everyone had to account for their own sins." So then it's go it's going into that, and uh, it's just <laughs> I'm trying to make sense of this on air. Only me would do something like that. But um, the fact of it is, the interpretation of the beast uh, is that. Is it represents Babylon, Greece, and Rome, and which is there's some debate over there the significance of the ten horns and the final, the final boastful horn. I guess that's the one that's coming out. Many people connect with this section of Daniel in John's writing in Revelation and believe that Daniel's dream describes the end of times called the beast and the false prophet who serves as a type of prime minister for him. And I guess that's the one with the the bad mouth. The angel, and so the angel reveals this to uh, Daniel and is interpreting it to him, um, that the fourth creature is cruel. It's a cruel beast that will control the kingdoms and conquer the world. His reign of terror will last for a time and the dividing of the time. The Aramaic use of the word time refers to the passing of one year. Um, a common interpretation of the phrase then is to consider the time as one year. Times, if it's times with the S, it means two years. And the dividing of times as a half a year, um, which means a total of three and a half years. Okay, so that's what... Uh, that's what that means. It means somewhere between three and a half years. Okay, and then after the violent reign of this figure, the the grotesque-looking one, God's uh, heavenly court will reassemble to strip him of his power and destroy him for once and for all. The people of God will then be given control of the kingdoms of the world. God will be acknowledged as the true king ensuring everlasting peace and is a satisfying end to be sure but yet the dream is not completely over so they're saying that this is what's going to happen in the end everything is going to be fine just like in the book of revelations but there is a terror period that they have to go through and the reason that they're going through 
the terror period is because of the the sins of the Jewish people. Um, if you remember, once the wall was built in the in Nehemiah, Nehemiah, they had made promises to God that they were going to pretty much behave themselves and respect Him and show Him. Um, and worship him and not other gods and do this stuff. And they, towards the end of Nehemiah, we read that they went back to doing the same thing. They went back to doing the same thing. So they broke a promise that that they had made to God. So this is God's um, punishment uh, for them, um, which goes into Revelation. So and so his second vision, so that was the first vision, and the next vision is the vision of the ram and the goat, okay? And it says, this is moving on to chapter 8, this is the third year of the reign of King um, Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time. So this is the second vision that uh, he received, and he says, I saw the vision and it so happened while I was looking that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is the province of Elam, and I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulali. Then I lifted my eyes and saw there standing besides the river was a ram which had two horns, and the two horns were high. One was higher than the other, and the other and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, and southward, so that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand. But he did according to his will and became great. He did according to what he wanted to do, and he became great. And it was, and I was considering suddenly a male goat came from west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing besides the river, and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram, and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him. But he cast him down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore, the male goat grew very strong, and when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in place of it, was four notable four notable ones came up towards the four winds of the heaven. Wow, can you imagine seeing something like that? He this is what Daniel saw in a vision. And out of one of them came a little horn which grew exceedingly great towards the south, towards the east, and toward the glorious land. And it grew up to it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the most some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. So here they're talking about the war that happened in heaven um, between good and evil. And he, okay, he even exhausted himself as the high prince of the host. 
and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away and the palace and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices and he cast troops down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. So this is part of the second vision of uh, of Daniel. Okay, and this vision came the third year of Belshazzar's reign, um, which is about two years after Daniel's dream. Okay, the the location of it is Shusan, Shush, Shusa, um, which is a city in the heart of Medo-Persia Empire that will later come become a vacation spot for King uh, Darius. So during the final years of Babylonian Empire, Daniel is shown the vision of the destruction of the Persian Empire that will follow. So this dream had to do with the destruction of the Persian Empire. The goat strikes the ram and quickly empowers it. When Persia, this is the translation, (laughs) when Persia comes up against Alexander the Great. So now Alexander the Great is coming into the scene. And I don't know if you saw the movie, but I saw it, saw the movie Alexander Alexander the Great. It was one of the best movies that I have saw, and it's really interesting to see how it all comes together. It falls, so it says, when Persia comes up against Alexander the Great, it falls hard and fast. Alexander will go on to conquer most of the populated world before he is 30. His combination of strength, speed, and conquest and youth will stand out in history, because that's why we know about him. Daniel's vision continues as he sees the goat grow in fame, but it suddenly has its large horn broken off in place. It is in place of the severed horn grow another four horns. Okay, history confirms that Alexander became quite proud and exalted himself. Yet, by the age of 33, he died. Um, after his death, the Greek nation is split into four states, each of them with a different leader. History sheds light on the uh, prophetic vision. One of the leaders who rises to power after Alexander the Great is a man named Antichus Epiphans. I worked with his name last night and I could not pronounce it right. So this is what I'm calling him. He has an intense dislike for the Jews. He persecutes them, killing their high priests, entering their temple um, to have pigs sacrificed to him because he believes he is the Messiah. And the ultimate insult, mm. he, con- he corrupts and twist the entire religious system of Jews so that it serves him. The religious corruption initiated by Antichus Epiphans will actually turn out to be the worst experience for the Jews than their exile in Babylon. Um, They mourned because they knew that their temple and city was being neglected, but later when they see their religion perverted, and the false messiah desecrating their temple is is heart-wrenching to them. So it's hard for them to watch, okay? Uh, Gabriel, who is the angel who is giving, is interpreting this vision, 
makes reference to Daniel. Okay, my phone is just going crazy right now. I'm going to have to turn it off. The Jewish people are undergoing a time of God's discipline. So there it is. That's the part I was trying to get to. The Jewish people are undergoing a time of God's discipline. Um, They're currently, they're exiled in Babylon. And Daniel is discovering that this won't be the worst of it. It's a couple of centuries before the horrors of Antichrist epiphans fall on them. But soon thereafter, the consequences for the sins of Israel will come to an end. So this this dude, Antichrist, is, is a horrible leader, and he's going to mess up everything and have the religions messed up, desecrate the temples, and I guess he's the desecration of abomination that stands in the whole in the holy place in the temple. Um so this goes on for 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 weeks with uh Daniel. He's he's going through these dreams and interpretations. And then he has after that dream he goes through a vision of the seven weeks. Um this is in the first week of Darius because Belshazzar ends up dying off. So uh Darius so when it came to Darius, the son of Ahasus, of the lineage of the Midianites, who was making king over the realm, over the Chaldeans, <laughs> see what I'm saying? This is not easy. This is not easy. As soon as I think I have an understanding, uh, I read something else, and that understanding just goes out. Now, Belshazzar has gone, is dead, and Darius is taken over. And uh, the first year of his reign, Daniel understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah of the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Um, Then he set his face toward the Lord to make a request by prayer and supplications with the fasting of sackcloth and ashes. Now Daniel's prayer is, is a confession is and it's it's pretty much in God for forgiveness for the sins of the Jewish people because a a lot of horrible horrible stuff is getting ready to happen to the Jews again. The Jews are strong people. They remind me uh, in so many ways of uh, of African Americans. It's really uncanny to me the similarities between what African Americans go through and the Jewish people went through. And to and some of them are some of them can be the most racist against uh African American people, especially in some parts of here in the US. Um when I went and visited uh Long Long Island I think it was Long Island. Uh, it was the island that's right next to the Manhattan. Uh, it's two islands. They have Long Island and they have another island, Staten Island. <laughs> so I went to Staten Island. So I guess I was Long Island, New York. And um, they, uh, to me, it's a very racist town. It's a very 
openly racist town. And it's supposed to be a place where a lot of Jews are. And so I can't, I just don't understand that both, both races have been through some hard things, uh, uh, hard hardships where people were trying to kill them, annihilate them, uh, conquer, take over them, and things of that sort. So you think that we would be a little bit closer <laughs> than what we are, right? Go figure. It, it just doesn't happen that way. So Daniel is going into a vision of the uh, seven weeks. And Daniel gives a prayer, and he confesses uh, to God, and this is his prayer. He says, it's a very long prayer, so I'm not going to read it. It's in chapter 9. It goes from chapter uh, verse 3 all the way through verse 19 that he's praying a prayer. But it's too late. Uh, it's too late. There's no there's no prayer that can really save Jerusalem at this point because of their sins. My thing is, um, you don't you don't make promises to God that you can't keep, and you 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 have to give Him His glory because He will punish you. He will punish you and. and I advise for you to go and read Daniel from chapter 7 through chapter 12 because it is open for interpretation. It is because my interpretation may not be what you've gotten out of it. And I'm pretty sure that if um, a preacher would get so much more out of this, I'm not a preacher. I am just trying to understand this Bible, and I'm doing this openly. I'm doing this openly and uh, and publicly for anyone to listen, and I'm pretty sure I've gotten a lot of criticism out there, um, but I'm one to admit, if I don't understand something, I just don't understand it. And this last part of Daniel is uh, I understand it, and then I don't. Because it's going into the book of Revelations. It's, it's talking about uh, all his different visions. And then in his last vision, in, in chapter 10, he has a vision of the glory of God, which is pretty much taken out of uh, Revelations. Um, and uh, it, it tells tells about how he came in on a cloud uh, to save the nations. It talks about how they had to fight in heaven. Now, I remember when I was in church one time, they talked about the the war in heaven. It, it speaks about it in the book of Daniel. Um, Daniel is being showed all this because of his good deeds, because uh of his vision, his interpretation, how he grew to power because of because of the gift that God had given him. And God goes on to reveal all this stuff to Daniel. And in the end, he tells Daniel that he didn't he he, uh, he did not have to worry about it after the great uh, tribulation. The last message to Daniel, because he closed, tells us Daniel's not to. Uh, don't pay attention to anything that you've seen. Well, not pay attention, but shut it off. 
So this is what he says. His last message to Daniel says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run and to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. But then I, Daniel, looked out, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And I'm looking for this in my New King James Version because I'm I'm reading it out of a, uh, an old King James Version, and sometimes the words can be uh, a little bit confusing to me. So he says, I'm going to start again from the New King James Version. It says, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be shall increase. But then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this side of the river bank and the other on that side of the river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the water of the river, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard a man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he said, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for time, times, and half a time. Now, remember, uh, we had talked about uh, time meaning one year and times meaning um, um, to interpret the phrase of times. It is to it is to consider a time as one year and times as two years, and the dividing of time as half half a year. Okay, resulting in three years. So this one says, it shall be for time, times, and a half a time. And when the power of the holy been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. See, we're not the only ones. Daniel heard it, but he didn't understand either. So don't ever think you're alone. Thank you, Lord, for that the revelation there because um, I didn't quite understand the ending part of Daniel. I understood it, but my interpretation is I did not understand how it went from um, the last interpretation of the dream, which was the writing on the wall and that interpretation now. I understood that one. But when it came to chapter 7 and Daniel starts having a whole new set of visions, I kind of got lost in there. Um, I kind of got lost in there. You know, sometimes I wish that I had a co-host on this show that would be able to better uh, break down someone that uh, has that knowledge, (laughs) Uh, someone that is ordained that can break down more things because this is my interpretation. So uh, 
of trying to understand what's in the Bible. So it says there that um, in chapter 12, in verse 8, it says, although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, well, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the, to the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that he that the daily sacrifices is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you go your way to the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of days. So when the book opens at the end of days, when the when the dead right comes out of their graves and the and the sea gives up the people that died, and the book is opened, and we all have to stand and account for the life that we lived, and um, that's when the rewards will be given. You will go one way or you can go the other. So that's what uh, God has told Daniel that. Uh, to uh, shut, told Daniel the vision, and he also told Daniel to shut off the vision um, until the end of days. That's when everyone will rise up, and uh, we all will have to take an account. That's the day that so it's saying it's a hundred, one thousand days, thirteen hundred verses, thirteen hundred and thirty-five days. Uh, the best Daniel can do in response to all he has seen is to continue on until the end. He has faithfully, faithfully served his God throughout his long life. In return, he is he is promised rest and eventual resurrection, after which he will receive everything that God has in store for him. And uh, we all will receive everything that God has in store for us during the end of time, which it speaks about the same thing, Daniel's dreams in the book of Revelations. It says it, um, as a matter of fact, I had went to that part in Revelations. I was trying to find it. I think it was uh, 12, 11, that talks about how he opens up the book and and brings out uh, everyone stands and make an account for their sins. And the wicked does not prosper. So so in the end, God says the wicked doesn't prosper. And he has this, this one guy that, that brings all this on. He brings on, he desecrates the, uh, the temple. Um, no one can seem to touch him. He's pompous. He's arrogant. He's all of these things. And it just kind of reminded me of the president. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I have heard people say that uh, um, Obama opened up the gates and Trump comes through the gates. 
Um, I've heard all different types of predictions and interpretations on biblical things versus what's happening in today's in today's time. I will say that Trump has accomplished dividing the nation where uh, it's like everything is, it seems to be in reverse. I'm not saying that people should have hid whether they were racist or not. I'm not saying that, but this, this open racism and a lot of people don't really have an explanation as to why. When you ask people why they hate Jews, they say, oh, because they killed, um, they killed Jesus Christ. Okay, all of this was written in a book and it, it had to happen a certain way in order for Jesus Christ to be. Okay, they gave him up to Jesus Christ. And, and the Jews, the, uh, the Pharisees, the high priest Jews, they gave Jesus up because of jealousy. That's the bottom line. They were jealous. They were jealous because he could do things that they couldn't. And they couldn't understand that. Why didn't they have that power? They like to be looked at as the men that are respected, uh, the men that you go to. They were the go-to guys. And here comes Jesus Christ. Not only is he He's proven out to be the go-to guy. He can perform things, miracles, make the blind see, raise the dead. He's healing everything and everyone that he touches, that touches even the hem of his garment. And that was jealousy. It was it was all about jealousy. Um, why Jesus Christ was was killed, and the jealousy was among the hum the uh, Jewish people, but uh. If you're a Christian and you are in the New Testament, you're supposed to put all that behind you. So I, I don't understand this mixed religion and this mixed uh, sense of hatred towards people of different color and different races. And as much as our president deny it, he stirred up this pot. God puts everyone, I believe that God puts everyone in there to do to do his bidding, and we may not understand why. Just like I don't understand why I'm doing this, <laughs> and maybe God's telling me to give it up, but for some reason I'm compelled to come back and do this. I am learning about different ways I could do it, and before it's all over, who knows what it might end up being, but for some reason I have this platform, and it's every week I am compelled to do this. But um, so who knows why God has uh, Trump in his place? It could be to punish us as Americans. It could bring be to bring God's discipline down on us because we are so such a stubborn, um, stiff-necked society uh, where we want what we want. We want things the way we want them, and not the way God intends of tends it to be. Um, in a lot of ways, we become a nation that has abandoned God the same way the Jewish people did uh, during the time of Nehemiah and during the time of Daniel. And God has all these uh, punishments to set for the Jewish people before before it comes good, it's going to become bad. And not everyone is going to end up 
with the good. Uh, so maybe he, maybe Trump is in there for a reason to bring down this this condemnation to for us because we we have not been uh, the best children. Put it that way. Even in the churches, you have so many churches. I can tell you some church horror stories. Um, and some of them up until recently uh, that's happened to people that I know, um, that I personally witnessed, that I personally heard. And one thing about here in Virginia, we have a lot of, uh, we don't have a liquor store on every corner. See, I grew up in in, in Newark, New Jersey, and you did have a, a liquor store right there. But here in Virginia, we have a church on every corner just about, and there's new ones opening, and not every church is the right church. Not every church are worshiping God. Not every church are doing is doing the right thing. And as a result, because we continuously do the wrong thing, maybe Trump is in there for a reason to bring part of this madness that's going on with the killings um, and the rape and the hatred and stuff is part of a punishment that God has set in there, and maybe he set Trump in there so that Trump could stir things up and and start this punishment. We are looking at the end of times pretty much because we don't know what's going to happen with Trump. Uh, it was said that the gate was open, and now everything is he, – he completely opened up the door and let everything in, all the hatred. But we as – as God's people have to hold fast. We have to hold fast and we have to hold strong. And that's not easy. I know it's not easy in today's society. I experience it every day of my life. Sometimes I sit down and I and I question whether I'm saved or not. And it's I know it's the enemy that wants me to think that way, but it's easier to to think the wrong way than it is to do the right thing. It's easier to not like that person who doesn't like you than it is to like the person. It's difficult to, and, and not even talk about liking or disliking. It's just following following the right the right way. And following the wrong way. We tend to find the right way as boring. And we tend to find the wrong way as exciting. And it's just, it's part of being human. That's what I think. But do it all, that's why we have grace. Because see, God knows that we are not going to be able to walk, to walk this walk the way Jesus Christ did. We pray to live and be like Jesus, but lots of time we can't. We can't turn the other cheek. You know, we can't let allow people to lie and do things to us. Jesus was so popular, they put palms down as he walked, and he had everyone following him. Everyone wanted something from him. Everyone wanted a piece of Jesus, but when Jesus died, he died alone. He died because... The people hated him. Those who who were his friends, they hated him, still found that love inside of him. 
He was the sacrificial lamb. He had so much love that they were able to kill him, and that love just spread. You know how you step on a, uh, let's see, what do you do? If you step on a spider's egg, you ever stepped on a spider's egg? Not comparing Jesus to a spider, but I'm trying to think of something else that you can step on, and the little stuff just spread. You know, you can step on a spider egg in a certain way, and then all these baby spiders would just come out of nowhere. And that's what happened when they killed him. His spirit went out all over. And that's our forgiveness. His spirit, his grace, his love is our forgiveness because we can't do this right. My mother, who I look to as the most, she is the holiest person that I know. You know that, um, but even even with her, she has done things wrong, and she may constantly do things wrong every day because she's not God. All of those with those God-like uh, attitudes, she's not God. Um, it's only one God. There's only one Him, and He died so that we can have that grace. Um, he is our strong tire, tower. He is everything to us. To me, he is the Superman in the red cape that comes to my rescue, even when I have not been my best. You know, so for those of you um, who feel some some sort of way about how they're living, what they're doing. I'm not saying stay in your sin. Don't get me wrong. But I am saying that you can help yourself. You can try to help yourself. And when you try, Jesus sees that. He sees that. He knows that you are trying. And his grace will be upon you. And no one has to answer or account for the sins that you have done but yourself. If you go back and you read Daniel, it'll make reference to Revelations. It'll take you to exact point of Revelations that you will see and you'll understand that when that book opens, no one is there to account for your sins. For those saved and unsaved, and those that are be mighty will be the lower. So don't ever think that what you did is unforgiving. Because you, you're forgiven to grace. And you're the one that has to stand in account for that sin, saved or unsaved. If you're saved, you're not going to go to hell, but I'm pretty sure there's some type of punishment for you. I'm not sure what it is. Uh, it may be a smaller mansion. <laughs> I don't know. You know, don't take what I say for word because I don't know what it is. I have to go. This is my closing of Daniel, and I just wanted you guys to um, just to be honest um, and, as they say, transparent with you to let you know that I had a difficult time understanding the last uh, from 7 through 12 of Daniel, of the book of Daniel. And I'm pretty sure that's not the only book that I'm going to run across that I'm going to have this issue with. Uh, Nehemiah in the closing of it, I had a little difficulty with that, but I prayed on it, and God gave me an understanding in order to close the book. Maybe this because he has shut Daniel out, and I'm 
nowhere near Daniel. <laughs> he has shut me out there too. But I tell you to read it. Read it for yourself and interpret it. Everyone has their own interpretation. I'm pretty sure some people saying, what are you doing? You know, and I ask myself boldly, what am I doing? Still doing it. There must be a reason why I'm doing it. I'm reaching someone. Someone hears me. Someone can relate with me. (laughs) But uh, I have to go. I didn't play as much music as I thought. But this is the end of the book of Daniel. I'm not sure what's going to be the next book. (laughs) Hasn't came to me yet. God hasn't given me that revelation. Maybe he won't because he wants me to stop this period. (laughs) But I'm not a quitter, and I'm not going to give up until God tells me to. You have a blessed day and have a blessed week. (laughs) And I will see you in the networks. And please join me again next Wednesday at 10 o'clock a.m. And I'm going on that. I'm going to go with, I had a a strong tower. Here we go. (laughs) Bye. Lost my way